He's amused Cam Newton. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, what you have scheduled this game. He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tarno. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. He's just completely taken the wind out of my sandwich. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. You are on a Wednesday drive where I want to talk about Christian McCaffrey and a life nugget that's been essential in my career and even in my personal life. It's advice that if you take it to heart today, Regardless of what stage of life you're in, I think it'll help you too. This is that piece of advice I was told years ago and has served me well. Only take advice from people you want to be like. And I understand with some self-awareness that I am giving advice right now. So if you don't want to be like me, a sports nerd with glasses that gets paid to talk about sports, almost as like a clown gesture at times, then who are you kidding? But that's something that I think is really important. Two of my biggest pet peeves are when people give advice and you do not ask for it, and when people take advice from people that they should have, never should really be listening to in the first place. Both are frustrating to me, which brings us to the latest with McCaffrey. When meeting with the media yesterday... Christian shared that after playing just 10 games in the last two seasons, he's reached out to Marshall Falk for advice. And I think this is great because I don't think there's a better person on planet Earth for McCaffrey to be seeking advice from than Marshall Falk. Think about this. One of the two has the single-season receiving yards record for a running back. The other has the record for single-season receptions. These are two of the three men in NFL history that have had 1,000-yard receiving, 1,000-yard rushing seasons in the same year. The other, former 49ers great Roger Craig. They also are both under six feet, so they're similar types of players. So to me, it would make sense that McCaffrey would want to reach out to Marshall Falk. Here's Christian from yesterday. One thing I've done is I've reached out to a lot of um, backs who have played, and a um, guy I'm really appreciative for, uh, Marshall Falk, gave me some great advice. Um, I'll keep that between me and him, but just uh, listening to what he had to say and the different things that he did in the offseason at different points, and, um, you know, injuries or not, sometimes you got to change your offseason and your approach. This is about injuries. If McCaffrey had everything figured out and everything was awesome – I don't think he'd be seeking out much advice, but this is where I think Marshall could really help him. Marshall Falk played 12 years in the league. How many running back careers last that long? Let's take Adrian Peterson off the board. You don't see star running backs who have really heavy workloads playing over a decade in the league. Marshall Falk did so for a very long time. So after these two years where McCaffrey struggled to get off the field, Pretty obviously, this was a topic of conversation between the two. I think uh, you know, there's always room to grow and learn, and uh, he's a guy who had success, but had success for a long time, and I'm just somebody that I've always looked up to, and uh, uh, he's always been great to me, and so I figured I'd reach out to him on, on some of that stuff, and um, you know, I think years six, seven, and eight were really good years for him, 
And uh, that's kind of why I picked his brain. He's pretty close. Years five through eight, Christian McCaffrey, or excuse me, Marshall Falk, had over 2,000 combined yards. His final season with the Indianapolis Colts, his first three seasons with the Rams, those are years five through eight for Marshall. And that was the best stretch of his career. And he also dealt with injuries. When he was in Indianapolis, he nearly lost an entire season due to a toe. And I think it was the same toe injury at another point that forced Marshall Falk to not play in an AFC championship game against Pittsburgh. So he's dealt with his fair share of injuries, and that's before he ever joined the greatest show on turf. Marshall Falk was 25 when he started that golden era run, those four straight years of 2,000 yards combined from scrimmage. Christian McCaffrey is 25 years old, and he's entering his sixth season in the league. I know some think that McCaffrey's damaged goods at this point. I am not one of those people. I've seen damaged goods. Todd Gurley, Eastern North Carolina guy, degenerative knees. Within a few years of that guy being borderline MVP of the league, not in the league. Is Todd Gurley on a roster, Will Dalton? He is not. Didn't think so. This is not what we're talking about with McCaffrey. It's not even Saquon Barkley with the serious season-ending injuries that he's dealt with. Here's the list of injuries McCaffrey has had the last couple years that have forced him out. A thigh strain, a shoulder sprain, a hamstring strain, an ankle sprain. Those are the injuries that has forced McCaffrey out of the lineup for most of the games the last two years. None of them are tears or breaks. These are not Achilles injuries. These are not torn ACLs. These, these are not full season missing type of injuries that we're talking about. None of these injuries, not one of them, required surgery for McCaffrey. All of them healed naturally. So excuse me if I'm not going to give up on the guy who was had one of the greatest running back seasons we've ever seen just a few years ago and hasn't had what would be described to be degenerative injuries, injuries that will keep you out forever, that might change the type of player you are when you play. That's the other thing. When McCaffrey's out there, he's unbelievable. Even the last two years, when he's out there, he's amounting to over 100 yards from scrimmage every single game that he plays. I'm not counting this dude out. But good on McCaffrey. There's some humility in reaching out to somebody else and realizing you don't have all the answers when you're that type of an uber celebrity that just a week ago was sounding the siren at a Carolina Hurricanes hockey game. Marshall Falk was the right man for McCaffrey to seek out, and I hope he learned some tips. It's going to help him stay on the field this year. On Twitter, at WSJS Sports if you want in. 336-777-1600, the phone number. Will Dalton, the executive producer of this show, getting the last night's NBA action. The Mavs won... They're not going to win four straight to, to beat the Warriors. I don't think anybody seriously is suggesting that. But I did like seeing Dallas play with some pride and avoid the sweep. And once again, Luka Doncic was incredible. 30-plus points, nearly a triple-double. And we kind of take it for granted at this point. And we really shouldn't. Because what he's doing at 23 years old 
It's unprecedented. And I think we're at the point now, obviously not this year, but in the future, I'll call it the next five years in the NBA, we might be looking at titles being decided each year, some way, somehow, with either Luka or Giannis playing in the NBA Finals. The next five years are going to be defined, perhaps, by Luka versus Giannis. Neither will be champions this year, but we're very close. Dallas, they needed one more guy to put next to Luka. Milwaukee, the defending champ, they would have beaten Boston. They would be going to the NBA Finals right now if they had a healthy Chris Middleton. Not many teams can afford losing an all-star. But I'll say it again. Luka is doing unprecedented things at 23 years old. He's the greatest 23-year-old, I think, in the history of the NBA. I don't say that lightly. Think about this. This is his third postseason. He's averaged 31 points, over 31 points in all three of his postseasons. You know how many times LeBron James has done that over the last 16 years? Three times. It's unprecedented. We haven't seen it. He's 23. He had a buzzer beater in his first postseason in the bubble. He beat the best team all year long in seven games in Phoenix. Did so in a blowout on the road in game seven. And now just carried his team to the conference finals. And the other thing's this. I have no doubt that Giannis is going to be there and Milwaukee's going to be back. And they're probably going to be the favorite in the Eastern Conference next year, regardless of what happens with Miami or Boston. On the Western side, though, let's not treat this Mavericks team like they're the 2007 Cavaliers with Mo Williams and company running around. Anderson Verjao and who else was on that team? Booby Gibson, Daniel Booby Gibson. The Mavs, they've won a title recently, last 10, 11 years. Cleveland... They couldn't say that before LeBron arrived. No. And you're talking about Dan Gilbert versus Mark uh, Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban, yes, Dallas organizationally has had some problems, but they have an owner who will do whatever it takes to win. And you bring in a coach, a Jason Kidd, who is a lot better than any coach that LeBron James had in his time in Cleveland, both stints. And it's also a different time in the NBA. This was before player empowerment in 2007. Stars, now... They're going to figure out a way to get to Dallas, to be with Luka, to figure out a way to win a championship or at least contend for one. So mark my words right now. They're not going to win this year. They're not going to come back against this Golden State team. But the next five years of the NBA, I'd be willing to bet that Luka or Giannis probably going to be in the finals most of the next five seasons. And we're probably going to get it once or twice. In the finals, Luka's Mavs facing Giannis's Milwaukee Bucks. It's their league now, and the league's in really good hands moving forward. This is going to be cool. Jerry Haas, Wake Forest men's golf coach, going to join the show at 3.30. Here's why that's cool. NCAA championships. Later this week in Arizona, he had two of his former players in the last five years at Wake finish top three at the PGA championship this past weekend. And he's been at Wake for close to three decades. Done so much, and that's a historic program. Never won an ACC championship until the last month or so. Looking forward to catching up with Jerry Haas, who is such a great guy and a fan of the show as well. 
He will be here again at 3.30. The man is a lunatic. Smells like a gym bag. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. We heard from Sam Darnold earlier at Panthers OTAs. You'll hear from the Panthers QV in about 15 minutes. But right now, we are being joined by the head coach of the ACC champions from the the men's golf program at Wake Forest. It's Jerry Haas who's joining us here. Before we get into what you've got going on this week in Arizona and what your group's already accomplished this year, we've got to go back to Sunday where... I just got to know what your experience as a coach is like watching two of your former players at the PGA Championship who were teammates at Wake Forest, even roommates on the road at one point in Will Zalatoris and Cam Young, both finishing top three in a major championship. What was that like for you? Um, it was pretty, pretty proud moment there, sitting on the couch and almost like a dad, if you will, and just um, watching uh, their every move, seeing how they're handling themselves. I watched a little bit more from a different perspective as I've known them both and kind of just how they looked like they were handling the moment. And I think um, they both look like they will uh, be back in that situation again. And uh, you learn from it. Obviously, Will lost in the playoff and Cameron lost by a shot. And um, I spoke to both of them, and they uh, they said it was a great experience. They obviously would have liked to won won the tournament, but – there's a lot to be learned from it, and um, usually the guy who wins makes the least amount of mistakes. And uh, you know, Justin Thomas had a great back nine that last uh, nine holes. He played well, and um, and then obviously made two birdies in the playoffs. So that's tough to beat. What's the message you wanted to convey to both of them? Well, number one, that uh, you know Cameron's a rookie, and he's had three runner-ups and two thirds, so he's had five top threes as a rookie. And um, I tell this story about him that. Back uh, in the fall, uh, he had a chance in Mississippi, and um, I texted him maybe on Friday, and I said, hey, I might be off off base here, but I think that's the first PGA Tour cut you made. Congratulations. And he texted me back, yes, it was. And, um, yeah, I said, well, many, many more to come. And then fast forward to that Sunday, he texted me 45 minutes before he teed off and said, if I'm clean today, coach, I'll win. So first part of me says, well, who, who texts their college golf coach 45 minutes before they're trying to win a PGA Tour event? So that made me feel pretty good. But um, And he was right. He, he wasn't quite clean. He did shoot 68 and finished second. So uh, I, I kind of thought right then that Cameron Young's going to be just fine. And based on his college, the way he finished college, and just knew he needed to get a chance to get out there. And then Will's obviously a little older, and we've seen his name at the majors. And I think at majors, you always look at guys that can really play, that can really strike the ball, that can really handle all that goes through a British Open or a Masters or a U.S. Open or a PGA. And, I mean, Will's track record already is uh, exceptional. I think that's his fifth, maybe top ten at a major. And, uh, you know, he's still only 25 years old. So um, I am uh, obviously so proud that they're Demon Deacons and uh, they've uh, – our golf program here the last six, seven years has really started to head the right way. And, um, and thanks to those guys taking the opportunity or, or taking a chance, if you will, on Coach Jerry Haas and mm. Coach Aaron O'Callaghan and coming to Wake Forest and playing for us. 
It is Jerry Haas with us here, Wake Forest men's golf coach on WSJS Sports. Did you know you had something special when those when that duo was rooming together on the road five years ago at Wake Forest? You know, you, you kind of watch them play every day and practice, and you see them in tournaments. And our uh, we were shooting some incredible scores and winning tournaments. And um, you know, Will won four times, and Cameron won five times, and had many more chances to win. And our team started playing really well. So yes, you. Uh, I always tell the guys when you look back at your time in college and you look at a team picture, and then you say, "Oh man, well no wonder that team was good because look what he's done in life. Look what he's done in life." Um, you know, you look at that that same picture on there, and you'll see Davis Womble mm. and him and Chad Wilfong just won the U.S. Mid-Am four ball. And you see Paul McBride, who's playing over in Europe, and you see other guys, and you say, well, no wonder that team was pretty good. Look at the talent we had. And, and many times as a college coach, I think we'll all agree with this as college coaches, we don't necessarily see the best player that we're going to see. We see the, the signs of it and maybe some moments here and there, but you know that as they – go forward if they can clean up a little bit here and there, whether it's emotionally or physically or, you know, putting or whatever it is, and they clean that up, they go, boy, he's got a chance to be really good. And um, I think we're seeing that. Cameron Young is uh, very explosive, makes a lot of birdies, and Will uh, Will hits the ball extremely well. And, you know, you can say what you want about his putting, but he gets it in the hole, and that's all that matters in this game. You could say whatever you want about his putting. Just look at 17 and 18 at the end, and you can talk about his putting all you want. Jerry Haas with us Absolutely. here. Yeah, you've got the NCAA championships this week in Arizona Friday. You're joining us from Arizona right now, and it's appreciated. I think I read you guys were a number 15 seed, going to tee off a little bit later in the afternoon than most on Friday. Despite how long you've been at Wake and run this historic program, this group won your first ACC championship, the first, the program's first since 1989, but what's kind of crazy about that is 33 years later, still at the top among ACC programs when it comes to men's golf championships despite that drought. So tell me, just how special is this group to you? Well, obviously, I uh, we had six of us go there, and I, I came up with the word camps with two M's, C-A-M-M-T-S, and that's Clay, Alex, Mark, Michael. Uh, Parker and Scotty, and I'll, I'll always remember those guys to kind of, uh, kind of, if you will, right in the ship a little bit and bringing uh, back an ACC trophy to uh, a place that's got a proud heritage. I mean, Coach Haddock won 18 of them, and uh, I uh, I apologize to people. I'm sorry it took this long. I mean, I had over 400 text messages and emails and phone calls, and, you know, people were very excited. And the toughest time for a coach then – that was April maybe 22nd or 3rd, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you don't play regionals till May 16th. So, you know, there was a little bit of a downtime. They had to catch up with school and do all that. And I think it shows what kind of team you have. Is, you know, after that long wait, they went and broke a, a wake record at regional shooting 26 under and uh, winning by seven shots over North Carolina up in Yale. So, um, you know, they have a lot of confidence coming in, and um, – we're going to do a little light workout today on Wednesday, and then we'll get a practice round tomorrow. And, uh, you know, um, four of these five guys played here last year, so we know what to expect. When when I got on the plane last year after we had a disappointing last 18, I had a sketchbook, and I drew every green out, and I put every shot that we hit, every yardage, how we played the holes, and um, 
uh, I was hoping that we'd get back here again, and, and we are. And uh, we had a nice meeting before we left on the dry erase board, and I drew up all the holes. And I got to tell you, in my time as a coach, you know, a lot of times after five, ten minutes, you lose their interest or whatever, and you can just tell they're – but they were very, very into it for 45 minutes to an hour and talking about the greens and talking about what you hit off the tee and maybe we should do this, you know, you know, and – it was really, really good banter. I thought uh, they were all very involved, and we'll we'll see. You know, it's it's an outdoor game, and you you think you're ready, and you hope you're ready, and uh, there's so many variables to it. And um, but I do think that we'll emotionally handle it a lot better than we did last year. It's the NCAA championships at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona. That's where the head coach of the Wake Forest Demon Deacon men's golf team, Jerry Haas, joins us now on WSJF Sports. Their tee time going to be later in the afternoon, one twenty your time, 4.20 Eastern. That's about the time we expect you guys to uh, tee off, and you guys are prepared for the first two rounds with Arkansas and Georgia, which should be a pretty tough test. But let's close with baseball because I know you're a big baseball guy. I'm going to Fenway on Saturday, my first experience going out that way, going to watch my Orioles who are having quite the week this week. And I understand last night you took some of the guys to an Arizona Diamondbacks game out that way. It just, I, I don't think we've talked about this, Jerry. I know we've talked baseball before. How many parks do you think you've been to? Major League parks, Jerry Haas. Oh, man. I bet I've been to, um, I bet I've been to about uh, 12 or 15 parks um, through my travels and to, um, I'm just a huge sports fan, and, uh, you know, you're going to love Fenway. I went there for the first time with Billy Andre. He was mm-hmm. my roommate in college, and uh, he was from Bristol, Rhode Island. He's like, we're going to the Sox game, and I was giving him a hard time. I was saying that left field wall, it's like a wiffle ball stadium. All you got to do is just <laughs> get something off the end of the bat. It goes off the wall, and he, he was getting all mad at me. <laughs> and he said, oh, it, it says like 300 feet or something to the base of it, and I'm like, no way. It's not that far. It might be 300 feet from the base to the top. But uh, anyway, pretty uh, pretty cool that you're getting to go. And uh, we went to the Diamonds back game last night. It was just a beautiful it's, – it's an outdoor arena with kind of a half enclosed. Yep. And it kind of felt like you were outside, but at times you felt like you were inside. And, uh, you know, three homers and uh, a, lot of, a lot of action. A couple of guys that never been to a major league baseball game, so that was that was fun. We had a nice time. If you're trying to get one over the Green Monster from about home plate, are you what 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 club are you using to get one over? Well, let's see. Three hundred feet would be what's that? A hundred yards. Yeah. So I need a hundred to get there. So that's about a, a good fifty-two degree for me. But now I got to get it up. Uh huh. So I think I'd probably try to smoke a wedge, maybe or maybe have to open the face of a nine iron to get it high enough to carry. Cause it's probably by the time you go up, you're going to have to carry something about in the 140 range. Um, so that would be a, you think about that. That's a great analogy there that, you know, if you stood at home plate and hit one, just a wedge, you would go out of the left field park at most, most baseball stadiums. Jerry Haas have some success this weekend in Arizona and congrats again on all the success that you've enjoyed and also enjoyed um, watching through your former guys, too, on the major circuit. Appreciate you spending the time in the triad. Thank you for having us, and, um, you know, it's uh, having me on and uh, showing an interest in weight golf. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on your show. I uh, listen to you all the time, and uh, let's go, Deacon. What's up? What's up?
What none of you wants to admit is that the kid is good. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Is this Dua Lipa? It surely is. How much Dua Lipa do you play on a weekly basis? A, a good portion. A good portion. I like her music, but I'm going to try and challenge you. No Dua Lipa for a week. It's like sending a kid to their room. Yeah, yeah, no Dua Lipa for a week. That's exactly what it you feels like. You do your like. homework. If I, as much as hear the beginning riff in... I can't think of a song right off the top of my head. But you get the idea. No Dua Lipa. And while we're talking about you, Will, later tonight, you're going to hang out with Sarah Bradford and I. We're going to watch the other guys ahead of At the Movies with Will Dalton, our segment that we do each week because you're uncultured and haven't watched any of these movies that most people have watched by now. We need to figure out what you're watching next week, though. We kind of put three in the queue from the jump. We started with Anchorman, then it was Bull Durham, and we have the other guys. But we don't know what's coming next. So I figured with it being Tom Cruise week, the new Top Gun's going to come out this weekend, and there's a new Mission Impossible that they dropped the trailer for. I think I've made an executive decision that you're going to watch perhaps the most rewatchable movie of the last 30, 40 years. I think it came out in 89, eh, maybe early 90s. It's the best movie I think Cruz has done. I think it might be his best acting performance, too. A Few Good Men is going to be your next movie for next week. A Few Good Men. Do you know anything about this movie? I know you haven't seen I it. I don't. What do you know about A Few Good Men? I, I don't know anything about Not it. Not even a cover. No. You don't know what the premise or the plot is at all. No. Okay. I really don't. See? Then I think it's good. Curiosity. Do you know anything about the movie Seven? Tom Cruise movie, right? No. That's, okay. Well, that, that should answer that question then. Okay. It's Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. And they're, you know, investigating a killer. I don't think so. Okay. Th- these are good. You don't know why I'm asking you these questions, but people in the audience, they're probably piecing together why I'm asking you these questions. Um, Guess what movie I did watch last night? What'd you watch? Valkyrie. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I had to celebrate Tom so, Cruise Day. So you I, watch Valkyrie. Yeah. You, you celebrate Tom Cruise Week. By watching Valkyrie, yeah, rather than movie watching, I already seen. watching a new Tom Cruise movie, there's yes. no reason for you, you specifically, to ever watch a movie a second time. Considering there are so many movies that you need to watch a first time that are so much better than Valkyrie. Like I could have listed off a dozen Tom Cruise movies that are better than Valkyrie. That you could have watched last night and just said, you know what, I watched this movie for the first time. Are you kind of picky when it comes to movies? Are you like, you know, I don't know if this movie's any good, so I'm not going to take any chance, so I'm going to default and watch Valkyrie because I know what that is. No, I we just we were, we were talking about Valkyrie yesterday, and I was like, you know what, Valkyrie. <sighs> I haven't seen it in a while. Okay. Have you ever seen or heard of the movie The Usual Suspects? 
Have you heard of this movie? I have heard of it. Okay. What do you know about that movie? Kevin Spacey's in it. Any idea of a premise? Any idea about a, a plot point that might be noteworthy? This is not a gotcha. Is, is it, like, based around, like, criminals? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's called The Usual Suspects. That's why, okay. that's why I went Okay, there. good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're answering the questions these way because there are folks in the audience. Do you know the movie Sixth Sense? No. Okay. Fantastic. Those three movies, they have something in common. Promise me you're not going to Google these movies. Thank you. That would take the fun out of it. Thank you. It would take a lot of the fun out of it. We need to figure out which of those three movies is next after A Few Good Men. So 336-777-1600. We're not going to tell Will why these are the movies that I'm thinking of. Because, again, audience, that won't be so much fun. But out of those three, we're talking about Usual Suspects, or really it's two, or three. Usual Suspects, Sixth Sense, or what was the first one that I said? Seven. Which movie should Will Dalton watch after he watches A Few Good Men next week? 336-777-1600. Also, if you just want to call in and tell us something good, because all the headlines that you see in the news today and this week have been terrible, we get into that with Weekly Positivity now. No substitute. Hi, Will. Hi, Josh. As I mentioned last hour, stepped on the scale today, started at around 226 in 2022, down to 200. Meaning, I am one more pound away from Wonderland. Wow. And that's good. Just don't want to fumble the ball at the goal line or throw the pick Russell Wilson style by falling off the wagon in Boston this weekend. Gotta stay strong. But even if I do, worst case scenario, I still got, you know, close to three weeks before the wedding to achieve the goal, and I think we'll get there. I think so. I think you're going to do even more than that. And that's good. Yeah. Tell me something good going on with you, Will. Well, not only do I get to hang with you and watch a movie tonight, we get to watch it with Sarah Bradford. You've met Sarah Bradford. Just one time. We were at uh, former intern Aaron's concert, which was insane. Wow. What a show. Wow. It was really good. Bob. That was fun. Really good. So, you'll hang out with Sarah Bradford and I. Yeah. We're going to have dinner. You said we might have nachos. Nachos for dinner because I know you're a picky eater. I'm not a picky eater. You said on the show you're a picky eater. When did I say that? I don't know. I don't think I said that. You did say it. I like nachos. I like nachos, too, because they're good. Real good. I'll tell you something that 
is good, too. The wedding, that's going to be really good. But the stress of it, starting to ramp up. We're still managing things. But between getting sh- suits straight for the groomsmen, like Dot, who's going to be a guest in an hour, and a groomsman. He's a groomsman in my wedding. That's why I mentioned him. Hotel reservations for guests and, you know, little gifts that we're getting for people and such and all that, like dealing with music-related things with the band and practicing certain elements of things. Yeah, it's just uh, starting to get uh, a little stressful. Booked uh, a haircut right before the wedding, getting that taken care of, bachelor party, all that. There's, there's a lot on my plate. Kind of like there's going to be a lot on our plates tonight as we eat nachos. That's wow. So we're two days away from Boston. And B-Dot hosting this show. And that's good. That's really good. Any idea what Dot's going to do? There's no For three hours? There's no telling. He hasn't told me. I have no clue. I I don't know which guest is too big of a guest to expect B-Dot to land. But... This is a guy, one of our early interactions. We were hanging out, and Nick Cannon called him, and he turned it off. He, he declined the call. <laughs> what a power move. It is. It's a great power move. It really is. You know, it's a cool guy like that, and he knows a lot of people, yeah. and he's fun, and he also scares radio execs, I'm sure, because we don't know what he's going to say you, sometimes. You just don't know. I don't know what it's going to sound like when Dot posts the show for three hours, but I guarantee you it's going to be good. Maybe we'll ask B-Dot when he joins us next time. Hey, uh, what are we planning to do? Yeah, for three hours. In a couple of days. What's that going to be? Anything else good that you like to share with the Dryad, Will? Obi-Wan Kenobi drops Friday. How soon after it drops are you going to watch? Probably about two minutes. That's not true. If it drops at midnight, you're not going to watch it at midnight. Oh, yes, I am. Is that right? That's exactly. How long are these episodes? Uh, we'll see. I mean... How many episodes are in this season? I'm not sure. It's only going to be a one-season show. I'm not sure how many episodes. Maybe seven or six or seven or something like that. Well, I'm a big fan of you and McGregor. So that show looks good. And that's been Weekly... Positivity. Yeah, I really don't know what Dot's gonna do. I don't. I really don't either. Nope. I mean, I'm the producer, so yeah, you are. So if you don't know, and I don't know, I don't think anybody knows other than Dot. And there's a chance he doesn't know either. We'll Great. find out together when we play grammar school and do all that fun stuff. When Dot joins us at 5:30, so a little bit later on in the show, we'll have that. You talk like a crazy person. You have sexually transmitted crazy mouth. You're on the drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Dot is going to join us in just a few minutes. Friday, he's going to be filling in on this show. And 
One thing I wanted to talk with Dot about when we get him in here, in addition to playing grammar school, which we'll do momentarily, is the headline we got from this past weekend. So last week was the NBA scouting combine. And a lot of guys are going through the process that are going to pull their name out of the draft and return back to college. And some are going to keep their name in the draft, obviously. Like uh, Jake LaRavia, we still don't have a decision from from Wake Forest or Trevor Keels, who we still don't have a decision from from Duke. We're hoping to hear back from those guys. But someone that we have heard back from is Baylor's Matthew Meyer, who I think would be a perfect fit for the Tar Heels to replace Brady Manick. Um, I think he would be an excellent option for a lot of teams that hope to be a national championship contender because he's actually won a national championship. He was on that Baylor team that won it a little over a year ago. So if your goal, if you're North Carolina, is to win a national championship, which pretty clearly is the goal if you're up 16 points in the second half of the national championship game and all the guys decide to come back to school saying there's unfinished business, well, what other business is there left to finish other than winning a national championship? Well, why not bring in a guy who's experienced who has won a national championship? BDOT now joins us. So are you on board, Dot, in bringing in Matthew Meyer from Baylor? Are you on board with that? Um, uh, uh, what, what did I say when they surfing? When... Like, are we talking crowd surfing? Are we talking swag surfing? No, when people are out there surfing, they say Kawabunga or Hang 10 or whatever whatever they say when they're on their boards. That's what I'm going to say to be on this board. You absolutely right, I'm on board. Bring the mayor to Chapel Hill. Absolutely. Okay. See, I'm glad you're on board with it because there are a lot of boards. Whatever board I need to be on, uh, uh, the, the, the housing commission board, voters board, whatever board I need to be on, I'm not having a good time. I'm bored. I don't care, Josh Brown. If the mayor wants to come to Chapel Hill, I want him there. Are people saying they don't want the mayor? Yeah, there's some folks who are saying, "Oh, we don't need Matthew Meyer because we need, you know, we we've got Puff Johnson and he could replace Brady Manick." And I I like Puff Johnson. He did a well, lot of good things in the tournament, but. Yeah. Brady Manick, I'd argue, is the second most important player on the team. And I just don't think it's realistic to expect Puff, who wasn't playing at all a year ago and wasn't really playing much until halfway through this year, to say, okay, now go be Brady Manick. That's just a lot. But see, that's the thing, Josh Brown. We don't need anybody to go be Brady Manick. We need whoever to play a strong spot at that four position. And I think that Puff is more than competent to play that position. I think he's going to have a strong offseason. He's got the course. You know, he's got his brother, Cam. Cam's upset. So him and Cam are probably both going to be going hard this offseason because they both got unfinished business. You understand what I'm saying? Sorry, he'll faithful. I like Puff, but you can never have enough bullets in the gun. And if the mayor wants to come to Chapel Hill, then by God, let him come to Chapel Hill. Like, yes, why wouldn't we want Matt Meyer to be in Chapel Hill? More weapons, more shooting, more rebounding, more running the floor, more um, experience, seeing he's a super senior. Absolutely. Okay. That that got me pretty uh, revved up. And that's not a shot again at Puff. 
It's not it's it's not a shot at Puff. I'm not saying he can't play the position. It's can you play it as well as Brady Manick did? And that yes. I, I don't think he can. Like that I, has yet to be seen, but I do have faith that Puff can play that position. But you gotta understand, it, the all the weight is not on Puff Johnson. But it uh, would be uh, it Brown. would be it would be since it he is the one be. if he's the, if he's the one guy who's not a returning starter if it's not as good as it was a year ago, right or wrong, and I would say wrong, but it's still going to happen anyway, they're going to say, well, oh, you know, Puff Johnson isn't Brady Manic, and we're going to learn, oh, that learning Bra- losing Brady Manic was that big of a deal. I, I think he should be a significant key cog in the puzzle. And you're right. He can play that position. But I think it would be better suited for him to be perhaps maybe the best six-man in all of the ACC and have a guy who's won a national championship play that spot who also has funny hair like Brady did. See, and that's the problem right there. See, regardless of who comes in, if Puff plays before or if the mayor comes to Chapel Hill, they're going to compare to Brady Manning. And that's so unfair on both on both fronts. True indeed, we cannot do anything about it. But just because he's a tall white guy with funny-looking hair, that doesn't make him Brady Manning 2.0. It makes him Matthew Meyer. And I think we should allow him to be that. Listen. Brady Manick wasn't Brady Manick when we started off last season. Brady Manick was coming off the bench. Dawson Garcia was the starter. And then Dawson went down. Dawson went home. Brady came to start. And Brady became the monumental figure in, 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 in Carolina folklore that he will be forever. But that all had to happen throughout the transition of the season. That all had to happen with the team buying into effort and toughness and energy that Coach HD had been preaching all season long. Now, we are in a situation where the guys are bought in. They see what happens when you listen to Coach HD. Those older guys and those who are already in the system are, in my opinion, is who should start. Yes, Meyer is, a, is, a, is an asset and experienced big, but he is not already included with this offense that just came off a national championship run. Start Puff. dot Six Man of Tar Heel basketball with us here. How loud is the cheer going to be in the Smith Center? Six, six, six. How loud is the cheer going to be inside the Smith Center the first time they flash the 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 the, the video at the Smith Center and Brady Manick looks into the camera and says, "I'm Brady Manick and I'm a Tar Heel." It's going to be insane. I can't wait. I, I hope to God that that, that Brady Manick can return to late night in HD. I hope that he can come and just be a part of that experience, just because that team came off that natty run. And I was just watching uh, this, this David Letterman joint on Netflix, and he was yeah. interviewing Billie Eilish. Yeah. Do you watch that? I did. I did. I watched the Billie Eilish one and the KD one. Yep. I watched Billie Eilish, and I'm just finishing up on Will Smith. Um, but Billie Eilish, she was on stage one time, and she said, I want you to scream as loud as you can. And I said, I'm stealing that. Oh, yes. We're doing that in the, in the Dean Smith Center next season, baby. We just, I just want you to scream as loud as you can right now. And we're going to do that when Brady steps on the floor one more time. Getting to the NBA, why do you think these NBA games have been so lopsided the last two weeks? Haven't seen any of them, Josh. I'm so underprepared for the show on Friday as it pertains to NBA basketball because my soul was sucked out of my body when the Suns totally laid an egg in game seven. Like, I was 100%. Like, I'm telling I'm going to – I said I wasn't going to say this to anybody, but Josh Graham, I'm on your show, and I probably should save it for Friday, but I might just bring it back. So, WD, remind me. Nevertheless, at the Final Four, we're down in New Orleans, and I remember 
having conversations with folks. But before that, we were at we were at the um, Smith Center one time, and Cam Johnson had come to the game, and Cam and I were talking, and we revisited the conversation at the Final Four, and we were just talking about how epic it's going to be when the Suns are in the finals once again. And at that time, we were talking about the finals and then playing the um, uh, the Bucks. We thought it was going to be a rematch. Cam Johnson and I were having this conversation at the Final Four. And we were so optimistic of how they were going to finally get Chris Paul a championship this season. And Cam was so confident. And he was just so confident in the team. And he felt like the way that they, they underperformed in the finals last year, they were ready to get over that hump. And to see them lose to a Dallas Mavericks team in seven games at home in the fashion that they lost, it really took some out of me, Josh. Like, and I have not been able to be engaged as much as I would have liked to in these NBA Final Four. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Well, right can now, I tell? Can I tell you though? Can I tell you that I'm envious of you though? Because I have to watch these games night to night. And in the last two weeks, B dot, the last two weeks exactly, there have been 15 games, and there has not been one of those games decided by five points or fewer. The average margin of victory for those 15 games. 18 and a half points, five of them decided by 25 or more, including that 33 point game seven that I hate to bring up with Phoenix and Dallas. Uh, but it's, it's, these games haven't been good. All of them. Like, and I don't know who's going to play tonight. I see six dudes questionable for Miami and Boston tonight. So it's, it just hasn't been a lot of fun. You said you were watching uh, the, the David Letterman show. If you're not watching the NBA, what's been filling that void? I've just been binging on Netflix stuff. I watched this um, series, The Lincoln Lawyer. It was pretty good. Have you seen The Lincoln Lawyer? Have you seen the movie that it's based off of? There's a movie? Yes. The Lincoln Lawyer is Matthew McConaughey, and it's a great cover. I may or may not have had this poster when I was, uh, when had it been in college? But it's him sitting on the hood of a car, a Lincoln, obviously, and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it's a movie. So you, about a dozen years you ago, still, you were still you were still putting posters on your wall in college. Yeah, you didn't have posters on your dorm. No, no. At Winston Salem State, <laughs> you didn't put like a poster. I, everybody had posters in college. It feels like Will back me on this. You had posters on your wall in college. I bet I got posters on my wall now. Oh my god, but right? They're, they're probably framed though. on your wall. WD. Yours are probably I mean, framed though. I mean, at least they're framed, so they look good, but. <laughs> Tell them what the photos are. Okay, of. Star Wars. Now, That's true. You've got Star Wars posters on your wall yeah. right now, WD. I'm a super fan. He is. Yeah. No shame. I respect it. I didn't no, know you were going to say it. shame there. Uh, I got worried. I did too. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, no shame is no. what he was talking about. No <laughs> shame. That's... I thought we were in a commercial break. I said, wait, wait, wait a minute. But we are not. We are not. <laughs> we'll get to grammar school in a second. Uh, give us a take. What do we know about the drive with BDOT two days removed? What do we know? Like me and Will were talking about. We have any idea what this is going to sound like? No? Yeah. Okay, well, what's yeah. ask BDOT? Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you because I have no uh, clue. Uh, there it is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like WD and I, we're gonna get in there. Man. WD, good time. Yeah, my WD and my man DJ. DJ's been holding me down behind the scenes. I hit him up earlier, and um, we got some things planned. And um, you know, I got a couple guests 
that I'm gonna uh, that I've reached out to that I've confirmed. I'll talk to you about that a little later. But we got some guests gonna be chiming in. We got some of my Duke homies checking in. You know, some stuff like that. Picture that. Duke guys checking in to, to the six man of Carolina basketball. Who but are some of your Duke homies? Are you Texas. talking about Ninth Wonder? Who are you talking about? I mean, you know, Ninth Wonder is the homie. You know, I could, I could always reach out to him. But I, I, Ninth is busy, so I didn't really. You know, great. Nolan Smith, that's a friend of mine. You know, oh. I definitely could have reached out to him. But it, it's, you know, but it's, it's neither one of those guys. But with that being said, we're going to have a good time. Um, but you already, you're trying to steal my bits. You're already trying to cripple me on Friday. Like, on Friday, we were going to do weekly positivity. Still can. You tried to steal weekly positivity for this week. Like, no. what's that all about, you, 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 I just felt that yesterday, Nationwide was a big enough bummer, and it'd be in the middle of the week that we needed a little positivity today. You could, We can do positivity twice, though. That's fair. 100%. That's fair. I just didn't like how you were trying to cripple my segments, but it's okay. That's I'm right. a professional, Joshua Graham. And I'm, the six-man will be invading the WSJS studios. Me and my boy, WD. Hey, WD, I'm bringing you a six-man shirt, too, my boy. Oh, but I'm not going to get it. one. What? I got you, WD. Uh, I got but you, not me. My guy. Not me. WD, my guy. You know, I got to get my boy WD licked up with the daggone mm. six-man. And a matter of fact, I'm going to see if I got the black because the black six-man just dropped. I'm going to get you a oh, black, WD. Yeah. I already God. know what my wedding gift's going to be, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to get one at all. Do you? Do nah. you? No, I don't think I don't think that'd be your wedding gift because Sarah Bradford would be like, "Well, what am I gonna do with this?" Uh, wait, 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 wait. So my wedding gift has to be something that both of you can use? Probably not. I, I think it's no. I don't think so. I I mean, you're a groomsman. I, probably I don't know if you know this, but you're a groomsman in my wedding. So you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I just paid my deposit on my tuxedo. I didn't realize that we were wearing brown. So that's gonna be interesting. My brown body in a brown suit. But we're not wearing. We're not wear. wearing brown. We're not wearing all oh, my shoes are brown. My shoes are yeah, brown. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, yeah. Shoes, shoes are brown. brown. We're going gray yeah, yeah. suits, and we have an ivory there tie. There we go. Ivory tie. We're going to be looking there good. There we go. Yeah. Ivory tie. Yeah. The, yeah. I'm going to look smooth in that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah you are. Well, let's, uh, let's see how smooth you yeah. are, though, in grammar school today. Of course. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse. My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time for B-Dot's Grammar School. You know it. It's time for Grammar School, man. Another episode where we see just how many words or phrases that are from the urban vernacular our good friend Josh Graham can answer correctly. And, you know, he gets a lifeline if you would like to assist. 336-777-1600. Call up right now. My God, WD will definitely put you on hold and you can assist. Josh Graham, this is season two. So usually you have a word of the caucastic persuasion that you would like to uh, gift to me first. Real quickly. Yes, real quickly, Dot. What is a ragamuffin? You know what's crazy? I've I've heard this term ragamuffin before. A ragamuffin. Yeah, and Sarah Bradford's texting me. I I was flipping out thinking B-Dot got the wrong suit. (laughs) <laughs> How great would that be? We're all wearing gray and Dot rolls up wearing brown. That'd be awesome. Sorry, Sarah Bradford. I'm so sorry. Okay. Ragamuffin. A ragamuffin is something like, like 
Uh, wait. I, okay. So listen. Let me break. Let me break down because I don't know it exactly, but I'm going to try to fill it out. Pause. It's the negative term, and, and and you use it when you're ragging on somebody, like when when you're going in and you're talking trash about somebody. Oh yeah, like, like you're talking you're them. talking trash about somebody. You just want to like hit them over the head with something, knock them down. You want to knock them out. You want to like 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 uh, Bam Bam used to have that big stick, and he would bam hit him with the, like a ragamuffin. Is that correct? That is incorrect. Find it. A ragamuffin is a person that generally wears like dirty clothes, ragged clothes. That raggedy, it just means that you're not like you're like underdressed. You're a mess, not suit to go out in public. That's a ragamuffin. You know what? I I sort of knew that. I think I knew that, and I think I allowed you to take me off with this hit them upside the head thing. You you turned me, and I can't see you right now because I'm not in the studio and I think you sort of handled me and I don't appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, However, it's almost like you do that to me all the time. What's the first one you got for me in grammar school today? <laughs> I would like to say we will be playing grammar school this Friday. However, we will be playing grammar school across the pond. Oh! Nevertheless. That's a nice tease. Your, your first word, Josh Graham, what is a shank? Shank. Yes. What is a shank? It's a noun, right? Or Yes, it is a noun, but it can be used as a verb if someone got shanked. That means like, um, yeah, it's like a weapon of sorts, like a sharp, I don't want to say like a knife-like, but maybe it is like a knife that, you know, people get shanked in jail or the guy, uh, I think of Chappelle's show when they did the real, real world and the guy brought his dad and then he got shanked. <laughs> That's a shank. <laughs> that was a great reference on a great point, Josh. He looked at me. He looked at me wrong. He looked at me funny. How did I look at you? I had sex with Katie. <laughs> That's great. All right. Up next, this is a phrase, Josh, that you will have to fill in the blank. All right. I know how much you love these. I love them. These are these are used in every black household. Every single one. Okay. But it was derived from the from urban colloquialisms. Here it is. All right. I brought you in this world. Fill in the blank. I can take you out of it. There we go, Josh Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing good today, Josh I Graham. am, man. Confident. You're doing good today. Confident. You're doing good today. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is good foreshadowing for your show on Friday. It is, Josh Graham. Maybe I'll do this well when we play grammar school across the pond. Oh, okay. Your final word, Josh Graham. I don't remember the last time I went three for three. I don't remember the last time that's happened. And and I'm sitting here thinking, I thought that I was going to really give you a hiccup on that last one. This one, I'm pretty, I'm confident you'll get, and you're probably going to go three for three. All you got to do, Josh Graham, is tell us what a shawty is. A shawty. Oh. S-H-A-W-T-Y. A shawty. Yeah. I'm going to use the lifeline just, no, actually, I'm not going to use it because Ooh. I don't think I've ever gone three for three without using a lifeline. You got this. Shoddy be those pretty girls. Sh- Sarah Bradford, she could be a shoddy. Those, those pretty girls, man. The honeys, as they used 100%. to say. 100% Josh Graham. Three yeah. for three today, no Let's lifeline. Go. Let's go. Making history. Making history. That's what we're Let's doing. Let's go. Oh, B-Dot's got his suit paid for. B-Dot. What's up? Oh. Three for What's three up? on grammar school and filling in on the show on Friday. What's oh. up? I got my room. I got my room paid for for Friday night. What's up? At the wedding? 
What's up? Let's go. Let's go. Team me up. B-Dot, I'm sad I'm not seeing you face-to-face right now, but I'll see you face-to-face next week. And uh, have fun uh, with Friday. I know you will. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you as always, Josh Graham. And uh, my boy, WD. There he goes. Yeah, there he goes. B-Dot. On Twitter, shoot him a follow at B dot to learn more about some of the things he might have in store for Friday's show.